Football is back and right now Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets including first, last or anytime goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. We've got wall-to-wall Premier League football with games being played nearly every day and with Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals and more to create your own personalised bet. And if you can't watch all the games live with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only. Please gamble responsibly. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by The Athletic. I'm Mark McGettigan. You can find me on Twitter at FPL General. Game week one is done and dusted. It was a very swingy game week. There were some huge game week scores and some not so good. But just remember, it is only game week one. Don't panic if you've had a bad game week like many people have. The most important thing is that you react well to it. This is your first test as an FPL manager this season. Don't go making knee-jerk transfers. Don't go hitting the wildcard button. There's still 37 game weeks to go. This week, we've also got Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night Carabao Cup games with lots of Premier League teams in action. They should play weekend teams for the most part, I would imagine, but there could always be the odd, you know, regular starter in there who could pick up an injury. So just wait until the end of the week if you can for transfers. Spurs also are in Bulgaria on Thursday night for a Europa League qualifier. So if you've got Spurs players, again, another reason just to be patient with your transfers this week. It's back to the usual format in this episode. I'll start with the 59th minute shoutouts. We've got our first two of the season. A game week one review, a watch list update. I will answer some questions from Twitter and I'll finish up with game week two transfers and captaincy. There's a special sign up offer available at The Athletic at the moment. You can get it for just £1 a month by visiting theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod. Game week one shout outs. So for any new listeners, I should explain what these shout outs are at the start of each week's podcast. The 59th minute is the dreaded time in a match when your FPL player can get substituted. We know if you get to 60 minutes in the Premier League game, you get two points. But if you get taken off before that, you get just one. So the worst possible time to get taken off is in that dreaded 59th minute. And each week I keep keep an eye on the players who are getting taken off and I compile a list over the course of the season and hopefully one or two of them will get a hat-trick of shout-outs over the course of the season. So straight off the bat, game week one, two players have joined the famous 59th Minute Club. Harry Winks from Spurs came off after 59 minutes with just one point and also West Brom's Callum Robinson got a 59th minute shout out this week as well for just one point. So welcome to the club guys. There's no one else here. Come in, grab yourself a beer and hopefully next week we'll have a few more players will be joining you. A couple of notable mentions. A couple of guys were very close to joining the club. Naby Keita at Liverpool managed just 57 minutes so that probably kills him as an FPL option. You really don't want your players coming off early. Uh, Patrick Bamford at Leeds got himself a goal but did get taken off after 61 minutes, so that's a bit worrying for him as well. And Deli Ali only managed 45 minutes in game week one. 
A quick review of how my game week one went. It was a very good start to the season for me. I managed to get 80 points, half of which came from Captain Mohamed Salah, who got me 40. So nice to get the captaincy right in the first game week. I've mentioned before, my biggest weakness last season was my captaincy pick. So I've got a 100% record now. So hopefully I can keep that going for the next couple of weeks. Who else did well for me? Jamie Vardy got a brace of penalties. I don't think he had a shot from open play, but I don't care. He got me 13 points. I think game week one showed you know, the advantage of picking penalty takers. You know, it was a big week for penalties. Look at Salah, look at Vardy. Um, Jorginho got one. You know, that's not going to happen every week, but I always find if, I, if I'm at 50-50 between two players, if one of them takes a penalty and the other doesn't, I'll, I'll tend to go that way. And I think that's why I never really considered Manny because because of the same price, you know, Salah with the penalties swung it in his favour and that paid off in game week one. James Justin from Leicester got me nine points as well. He won one of those Vardy penalties playing at left back. The guy Castagna looked pretty good at right back as well. So I was happy I stuck with Justin, even though he may be a transfer waiting to happen in a couple of weeks' time. But it was a good start from him and hopefully he can follow that up with another clean sheet against Burnley in game week two. Aubameyang got a goal. I was happy enough with that because I know a lot of people captained him. And for me, as someone who didn't captain him, I think one goal was better than two or three. Robertson got an assist but did concede three goals. I'll talk about Liverpool defence later because there's a question about it. But it was good to see Robertson taking lots of corners and set pieces. So I think Robertson and Trent, even though they didn't keep a clean sheet this week and, and Liverpool looked pretty shaky at the back, I'm happy enough to stick with those two for the foreseeable future. Which guys let me down? Aaron Ramsdale. I put a, a tweet out yesterday, you know, pay the extra 0.5 million for Ramsdale, he'll be worth it. Well, was it five or six minutes into the game? He'd already conceded two goals. So disappointing start, but Ramsdale is a set and forget. He's not going to get clean sheets every week. He did make some terrific saves in that game to keep the scoreline at two. Trent, just one point. Kyle Walker-Peters, just one point. But to be honest, that Walker-Peters one-pointer feels like a five or a six-pointer. I completed my first match of the day challenge on Saturday. So I sat down on Saturday night at half past ten to watch match of the day without knowing anything that had happened during the day. And I was really enjoying it until it got to the Southampton game and Walker Peters got sent off. I let out a few swear words at the television, but thank you VAR, you saved me because that would have thrown my plans up in the air. A red card for Walker Peters would have been a three game suspension and would have you know messed up my transfer plans for the next few weeks. So thank you VAR for that one. That one pointer does feel like a five or a six pointer. Sat Maximan, disappointing, only three points, and he was taken off after 74 minutes. I think Callum Wilson, you know, watching that game looks to be the best option from Newcastle. But again, it is just one game. Sat Maximan, he's not going anywhere for me yet. I will give him the Brighton game at least and then reassess things. Mitrovic, couldn't believe that he was benched. I mean, the main reason I bought him was because he's a 90-minute man. <laughs> Before I switched off my phone on Saturday morning... The team news came through for Arsenal and Fulham, and I couldn't believe that he was benched. Put me in a bad mood, even even with doing the match of the day challenge. But he did, you know, he was just back from international duty. I think he played 180 minutes for Serbia, so that probably explains why I think there has been some lingering issues there since going way back to the playoff final. So maybe, you know, maybe that's playing a part there as well. Again, like Saint Maximin Mitrovic, it's only one week. I'm not going to get rid of him this week. It's Leeds and Villa up next for Fulham. So, you know, I kind of got him for those fixtures anyway. So I'll give Mitrovic, I think, at least two more games and then reassess him as well. 
biggest disappointment for me, I had a very good game week, uh, getting 80 points, but I think, on reflection, I think I made two poor decisions with my game week one squad. I picked Pulisic after advising quite a few people not to do it, and I said, you know, I said to people, there's a good chance he'll be on the bench, and he didn't even make the bench, he didn't even make the 18. It seems like he's had some kind of flare-up again, you know, in the run-up to the game, more injury issues, which is becoming a common occurrence with Pulisic, which which I don't like. So I think on reflection that was a bad pick because I always try and pick players who I know are going to play and I didn't know Pulisic was going to play. So on reflection, I think that was a poor choice. It didn't hurt me too much though because if I didn't go for Pulisic, I would have went for Havertz and he didn't do anything and he didn't look great last night either. So it's probably, you know, two points lost. I think another poor decision I made was late on Saturday morning. I got rid of Harrison Reed from Fulham, my 4.5 million midfielder. And I got Oliver Burke from Sheffield United going off Wilder's comments that he's going to play through the middle uh, for Sheffield United whenever he's up to speed. But again, it goes back to I should have got a player who, who I knew would play because Burke didn't play. And because Pulisic didn't play, I needed Burke off the bench and I didn't get anything. If I had a stuck with Harrison Reid, I probably would have got two points. And I mean, two points is a lot better than zero points. You know, come the end of the season, I could lose a mini league by, by two points. Uh, and it would have been, you know, the difference of going Burke over Reed. But hopefully Burke can become an option over the next couple of weeks. You can start getting some game time. Chris Wilder, I hope you're listening to this podcast. Get him on the pitch, please, because I need it over the next few weeks. So, yeah, that was, it's always good to reflect on your decisions afterwards. So I think Pulisic wasn't a great choice and Burke also wasn't a great choice. But again, I think I got most things right in game week one. Moving on now to the watch list update. So just again, for the new listeners, I won't say this every week, but there is quite a few new listeners at this time of the year. What is a watch list and how do I use it? So the watch list is a feature you can use on the FPL website itself. I've always used it. I found it very useful. So what you do is you keep a list of players that you're interested in, you know, buying soon. So how you do that is you click on any player in the game. Let's say you liked what you've seen of Callum Wilson this week. You click on Wilson and at the bottom you will see add to watch list. Then, once you've added a few players, if you go to the transfer section of the FPL website, you'll see a drop-down box that will say All Players. If you click on that box that says All Players, you will see Watch List. Click on Watch List, and da-da, there you go. You'll have your list of players that you're interested in. What I do then each week, I had a question from John Robson. John was asking, what's the best way to use the Watch List, and how exactly do I do it? So, what I've done, you know, now game week one is over. I've gone through each of the 20 teams individually. I always sort it by round points. So I want to see what points they scored just this game week. I'll go through all 20 teams and I'll add the players that I'm interested in. So roughly I like to keep it about 30 to 35 players. I mean, you don't want to have 100 players on your watch list because then it's not a short list. So I like to keep it about 30 to 35 players. And over the course of the season, it tends to get smaller. It tends to go towards 15, 20, 25 players. So yeah, that's what I do each game week. Once a game week is finished, so let's say next week, once game week two is over, I'll go through all 20 teams again quickly. It doesn't take that long. Sort by round points, go through each of them, add add the players I'm interested in for FPL. And also I'll go to my watch list section as well and I'll, I'll look through it and is there any players that I don't want to have on that watch list anymore. Let's say they get injured or if they don't start or if they get taken off early or they're just out of form, I'll just remove those guys from the watch list. And again, you just click on the player and it will give you the option remove from watch list. So if you're not using it, check it out. I find it very, very useful. It gives me tunnel vision. I only focus then on the players I want to buy and you know it stops me from falling into traps because when I make my transfers on a Friday, 
I only ever buy a player from my watch list rather than going through each of the teams. That's when you can start falling down rabbit holes of buying players like Andy Carroll or Theo Walcott. So which players have I added following game week one? There's quite a lot, like I said, 30 to 35 players. I'm not going to name them all. I've picked out about four from each position. I don't bother with goalkeepers on the watch list because hopefully Ramsdale will stay there for the season. A couple of stats I'm going to mention here. All of them come from Fantasy Football Hub. Defenders, first of all, Rhys James at Chelsea, 5 million, 14 points against Brighton, a goal, an assist and three bonus points. Now, a lot of people are probably cursing me because I spoke to a lot of people last week about Rhys James and my advice was don't get him. And I still think that was the right decision because Azpilicueta could play right back at any moment. So for me, Rhys James is a, is a wait and see. If he starts the first three or four games, if it looks like he's going to start the majority of games, then yes, he could be a fantastic FPL asset this season. I would also like Chelsea to get a goalkeeper before I invest in their defence. So hopefully that will happen at some point soon as well. So Rhys James is on the watch list. As is another right-back, Hector Bellerin at Arsenal. He's only £5 million this season. Go back a couple of years, he used to cost £6.5 million. So he's come down a lot in price. Arsenal picked up a clean sheet. They look a lot better defensively under Mikel Arteta. Bellerin caught my eye watching match of the day. He looked really good going forward. Now, there has been a couple of links, I think, linking him to Barcelona. So it's it's pretty annoying that this transfer window is still open because you could go and buy Bellerin and then next week he's wearing a Barcelona shirt. So again, it's probably a bit early to go in there. But once the transfer deadline closes, if Bellerin is still starting right wing back for Arsenal, I think around £5 million is a very good price there. Another right back who... Impressed me last night, Tariq Lamptey playing for Brighton. This guy is a player, both going forward and defensively. Very, I thought he was the best player in the pitch uh, on that in that Chelsea game. He got an assist for Trossard's goal against his former club. Four point five million. You know, you, you can use him in a rotation when when Brighton have good fixtures. Now they didn't look great defensively last night, so there's probably not going to be too many clean sheets there for Lamptey. But he did get forward a lot. One occasion he had a shot as well he should have done better with. So he could have been looking at a goal and an assist. So Lamptey passed the eye test with flying colours last night. Final defender, Lucas Dean at Everton. He's 6 million, 12 points against Spurs, an assist, a clean sheet and three bonus points. Everton looked excellent and they've got great fixtures. So I think Lucas Dean has to be considered now at 6 million. On to the midfielders, again staying on Everton. I've added most of their squad to my watch list this week, it seems. Uh, James Rodriguez, 7.5 million, was, was superb. Created five chances in the game. Ducuri at 5.5 million, I think is interesting as well. He created four chances, which is very healthy numbers for him as well. What I, what I think about Ducuri is if Alan and Andre Gomez are going to start in the team with him, that gives Takuri license to get forward. And we've seen that. We've seen that with the chances created. We know he can get goals as well from his time at Watford. So I think Takuri is definitely one to keep an eye on. James Rodriguez looks a really good pick at 7.5 million. This is a world-class player. You know, playing in a much-improved Everton team, and he's only 7.5 million. So I think he could make a mockery of that price tag, given what I've seen of him against Spurs. At Arsenal, Willian has risen in price to 8.1 million after getting three assists. He also hit the post from a free kick. We know how good he is from set pieces. I like William. You know, he had a very good end to last season for Chelsea and he seems to have carried that form into his first appearance for Arsenal. Now, a lot of us are probably going to sell Aubameyang 
in game week three for a Kevin De Bruyne or a Raheem Sterling. Now, we could go back to Arsenal in a couple of weeks' time when their fixtures improve. And rather than having to spend £12 million on Aubameyang, we could spend about £4 million less and get William. So it could be an alternative route into the Arsenal attack at a very affordable price. So William is one to keep an eye on as well. And I wouldn't stop anyone from just getting him in now. Uh, in the next week or two. Another midfielder who caught my eye in game week one, Wilfred Zaha, 7 million at Crystal Palace. Scored, had another one disallowed, and had another very good chance that he should have scored. So on another day, you're looking at a Wilfred Zaha hat-trick. Now, the issue with him is, again, transfer deadline is not until October. You know, he's clearly, quite openly, still looking to move away from Crystal Palace. So that could happen at any moment, but certainly looked very good. In, in game week one so one to keep an eye on and again probably not one to buy until that transfer deadline slams shut the Leeds guys were very impressive as well in that defeat to Liverpool the 5.5 million, 5.5 million guys Harrison and Click, both of them got on the score sheet so you know the likes of St Maximin Armstrong Suchek were all the most popular guys before the start of the season these Leeds guys didn't get much of a look in but certainly going by game week one Harrison and Click are two to keep an eye on and finally, in midfield, Harvey Barnes was the most impressive Leicester attacker. Vardy got 13 points, but going by the eye test, Harvey Barnes was the man I would like to own, you know, going by that one game. He played 90 minutes, which I liked. Hasn't always been the case in previous seasons. How he didn't score, I do not know. Five shots, all of them from inside the box. Harvey Barnes is a very talented player. If there's one criticism, he's not clinical enough with his chances. So if he can improve on that... The guy could get 15 goals this season, so hopefully he does improve because I really like him as an FPL asset. On to the forwards now. My old friend Callum Wilson off the mark already for his new club, Newcastle. I think Callum Wilson at 6.5 million will prove to be very good value this season. If Mitrovic frustrates me over the next couple of game weeks, I can see myself going from Mitrovic to Callum Wilson at some point. Timo Werner... Obviously, I didn't pick him game week one. I did not enjoy watching the Chelsea game last night as a non-owner. We know how we know he's owned by a lot of players in the game, and he was electric. It's the first time I've really sat down and watched this guy for 90 minutes because I don't watch a lot of Champions League or, or the other leagues because, because I'd probably be served with a divorce notice if I, if I did because I watch enough Premier League the way it is. Werner was brilliant. He got the assist for winning the penalty. And I think he got a dead leg in that incident, which probably restricted him a bit going, you know, for the rest of the game. Lampard mentioned that after the game. So probably wasn't 100% fit for most of the game and he still looked um, superb. So definitely one who is on my radar for some point in the near future. At Everton, again, like I said, most of their players have been added to the watch list this week. The two forwards, Calvert-Lewin at 7 million, Richarlison at 8 million. I really like both of them. Calvert-Lewin was the one on the score sheet this week. Richarlison really should have been on the score sheet. Loads of chances. Richarlison had seven shots, five of them from inside the box, but didn't find the back of the net. So, you know, it's an argument. Is he worth one million extra than Calvert-Lewin? Time will tell. At the moment, I think I would just go for Calvert-Lewin for one million less. Calvert-Lewin was great for a big chunk of last season. And I think now with the likes of James Rodriguez and Dukuri behind him, he's only going to get more chances. So Calvert-Lewin is high on my wanted list as well, along with Callum Wilson. So Mitrovic, if you're listening, you need to get your finger out for the next two games because there's two guys there ready to take your place in my FPL team. The last one I will mention is Raul Jimenez, the old reliable 
he does exactly what it says on the tin. He gets your goals, he gets your bonus points, and he done it again against Sheffield United. I, st- I think 8.5 million is a very good price. Five shots, four of them from inside the box. They've got Man City next, but after that, Wolves have got a very nice run of games. So Raul Jimenez is in my thoughts as well. Wouldn't it be great if every clothing store you shopped at had only your size, styles you like, and everything at the price you want? Well, Stitch Fix is a company focused on doing just that. It's an online personal styling company that makes getting the clothes you love simple. It's a completely different way to shop and it's all about you. To get started, go to stitchfix.co.uk slash 59 to set up your profile and they'll deliver great looks personalized just for you. You'll pay a 10 pound styling fee for each fix, which is credited towards anything you keep. Schedule at any time with no subscription. Delivery and returns are completely free and easy, so you can always send back items that aren't right for you. Get started with Stitch Fix today by going to stitchfix.co.uk forward slash 59th right now. And make sure you use our show name to support our podcast. Thanks to everyone who sent in the questions on Twitter this week. If you want to get your question answered on the podcast in future, keep an eye out for my tweet on a Sunday evening or a Monday evening at FPL General on Twitter. First one from Sean Henderson. After Salah scoring big and Aubameyang with a decent fixture next up, is it worth keeping the two for another week? Sean was thinking of switching one of them for Bruno Fernandes. So I think a lot of people are in this boat this week, myself included. I mean, my plan this week was to go from Salah to Bruno Fernandes. And at the time of recording, I think that plan's out the window now for a couple of reasons, which I'll come to later when it comes to the transfer section. Is it worth keeping Salah and Aubameyang for another week? I think Aubameyang definitely. Do not sell Aubameyang before West Ham at home. I think he's the best captaincy option this week. Salah, what are my thoughts on Salah? So I was going to sell him this week for Bruno. The reason being, I was telling myself, I'm not going to captain Salah probably for at least the next two weeks, possibly longer. So do I Do I need him? But now he reminded us exactly what he can do in game week one. You know, 20 points is absolutely massive. Not many players can, can score 20 points. And Salah could end up doing that, you know, a couple more times this season. So if I take a step back and take a long-term view what I'm thinking now is Salah. Salah's an FPL monster and he, he could be a season keeper. He could be someone you just sit there for 38 game weeks and, and captain him quite often. Yes, maybe not for the next two weeks, but you know after that, he's always a captain's option. So what, what I'm thinking as well is if I sold him this week for Bruno Fernandes, I would definitely want them back probably three, four, five weeks down the line. So that's two transfers, you know, one transfer to sell him, one transfer to get him back. And I always view transfers as very precious. So I've kind of flipped on my plan now. I'm leaning towards keeping him, keeping Salah. And I, I probably won't captain him this week. But, you know, he's a player that I may just hold for the long term. And maybe that hat-trick in game week one has saved saved me from myself, from, from selling him. Question from FPL Crate Digger. With so many nicely priced options emerging and a game week three fixture turn for a few of the better teams... Is an early wildcard rash or proactive? So what do I think about an early wildcard? I think it's very viable. It's something I haven't really planned for myself. I went into the season hoping to hold my wildcard for as long as possible. But with everything in FPL, I'm always flexible. So I haven't ruled out myself going wildcard three, wildcard game week four, game week five. At the moment, I don't think I'll be doing it. But let's say game week two doesn't go well and you know pick up a few injuries and stuff like that, or, or there's players that I decide, 
you know, if there's three or four players that I think are, are must-haves and I don't have them, then I would certainly, it wouldn't stop me from, from pulling the trigger on the wild card. So I think it is justified this season. I think an early wild card could work out very well. You've got, there's a lot of added, you know, benefits, you know, price rises. You know, you're getting on early on players that most other people won't be able to get to. They'll have to get them one by one, whereas you can get a lot of them in, in one scoop with the wild card. So I definitely wouldn't, talk anyone out of wildcarding early I w- what I would say is probably let's let's see how game week 2 goes give yourself another week of information and then reassess things question from FPL gut check some of these names are, are great is it time to is it time to punt Ali for James Rodriguez my answer to that is I would do that in a heartbeat I would get rid of Ali after he only played 45 minutes that is not a good sign James Rodriguez looked excellent against Spurs so I think that's an easy switch as long as you don't have other issues and, you know, banking a transfer is always good as well. You know, maybe maybe you want to have two frees for game week three to give yourself that information and, you know, a, a bit more flexibility. But if there's no issues, if your team's looking pretty good, I think Ali Dahamas Rodriguez is a fine transfer this week. Two questions from Martin Lind Varen. First one is, based on what you expected before game week one, which teams impressed you the most? And which teams disappointed you the most in the first game week? So I've just picked out three of each. Three teams who impressed me were Everton with a standout. Leeds, I thought, were excellent as well, particularly in attack against Liverpool. And Newcastle, very good result for them away to West Ham. The three teams who disappointed me, Southampton, losing to Crystal Palace. A lot of people invested heavily in Southampton. Again, this is just one game week, so you've got to take it with a pinch of salt. Southampton were disappointing even though they had, I think they had 70% possession, which is which is crazy, and losing 1-0, that's, that's football for you. Sheffield United were disappointing against Wolves. Wolves were excellent, but Sheffield United were, weren't were great, especially in attack. I think they're going to struggle to score goals again this season until Ollie Burke starts playing and getting, getting hat-tricks every week. And Chelsea also... Yes, Chelsea won 3-1, but I wasn't overly impressed by them. Now, that comes down to... There's quite a few players missing. You know, Thiago Silva, Ben Chilwell, Pulisic didn't play. So once they get them all back, they should look much better. But even though they won, they didn't impress me, you know, massively. Havertz, I thought, struggled in his first game in the Premier League. Loftus-Cheek wasn't great either. Mount wasn't in the game too much. So yeah, Chelsea weren't superb. I thought Brighton were actually quite good, even though they lost 3-1. The second question from Morton was... How do you consider Jimenez versus Ings for the over the coming weeks? I think you know going going off game week one. I think that's an easy one. I think it's got to be Jimenez. Jimenez was fantastic against Sheffield United. Could he should have scored more than one? You know, he, had, he had a couple of very good chances. Some were very well saved by Ramsdale, and also when you look at the fixtures for Wolves, yes, it's Man City this week, which is tough, but they've done well against them before. Then it's four very nice fixtures for Jimenez: West Ham, Fulham, Leeds, and Newcastle. So I think Jimenez is the one I would target out of Jimenez and Ings for the next couple of weeks. Ings owners, I wouldn't panic. It's one game. You know, keep him. Spurs were pretty poor against Everton. He could easily do damage against that Spurs team this weekend. So I would probably hold fire on Danny Ings. Give him another week at least. Question from Pointless Football Tweets. Another good name on Twitter. Is switching Aubameyang to Bruno a good idea? I would say no because Aubameyang is, I think, the best captaincy option this week. West Ham were very poor against Newcastle. Aubameyang's already off the mark for the season and I would expect him to get at least one more against West Ham, if not two or three. So I think Aubameyang, I think it would be crazy to sell Aubameyang before West Ham at home. I think selling him in game week three is probably the time to do so. In saying that, you know, if you go Aubameyang to Bruno, 
Bruno could outscore Aubameyang, so don't let me stop you from doing it. But personally, I wouldn't. I would keep Aubameyang and I would probably captain him as well this week. Question from Mish. Liverpool defence, are they no longer solid at the back? What does that mean for double Liverpool defence? Yes, I own double Liverpool defence. I've got Robertson and Trent. And watching the highlights of that Leeds game did not fill me with confidence in terms of clean sheets for Liverpool this season. Playing that high line again, they looked all over the place. Possibly the worst I've ever seen them look defensively over the last couple of years. So that is worrying, but it's one game. It's Leeds. Leeds were excellent. So let's give Liverpool a bit of time. Let's see if they can look better against Chelsea and Arsenal defensively, and then we can reassess things. But if Trent and Robertson weren't so good going forward, I would be very worried, and I'd be quite tempted maybe to lose one of them. I, I wouldn't lose Trent. Robertson would be the one I would lose. But at the moment, you know, I I, I picked them for thirty eight game weeks. Hopefully, so I'm not even I'm not really thinking about selling either. So, but they do need to improve defensively on that game week one performance. Um, Liverpool's fixtures are not great either defensively when you look at it Chelsea Arsenal next might be no clean sheets there then it's Aston Villa should get a clean sheet there Everton then Everton look good so probably not a clean sheet there either and then Sheffield United so you could probably say there's two good fixtures in the next five for the Liverpool defenders so in hindsight should we have picked two of them maybe not but time will tell hopefully Robertson and Trent can smash it over the next couple of weeks FPL Gunner asks, is Son to Bruno worth it, having seen only one game week of Son and none of Bruno? So, again, I think that's probably a good transfer. I'm probably just going to avoid Spurs players for the foreseeable future. I don't trust them. I would much rather have Bruno Fernandes than Youngman Son, even though Son was probably one of the better Spurs options in terms of FPL in game week one. Uh, he always he always gets plenty of shots away and stuff like that. But I would prefer Bruno. You know, I have more trust in Manchester United than I do Son. Yes, we haven't seen him play yet this season, but we know what we're going to get from Bruno. We're going to get set pieces. We're going to get penalties. We're going to get shots from open play. So I think Son to Bruno is a fine transfer this week as well, much like the the Delhi Alley one. Final question I will tackle this week is from Rhino: Is Pulisic a hold or a sell for someone like Greenwood or Rodriguez? So I'm asking myself this question. I think Pulisic is my weak link now in my team. He's yellow flagged. He's got a tough fixture against Liverpool. You know, I mentioned at the start of the podcast, I think picking him wasn't a good decision. So maybe I will fix that mistake this week, you know, and not not hold him. Because it would be pretty annoying to hold him for Liverpool and then he doesn't play again or he's on the bench. So there you go, two game weeks and you're getting zero points out of an 8.5 million player. So maybe I'll just fix that mistake. So, you know, instead of doing Salah to Bruno... I could fix my mistake and just get rid of Pulisic. Rhino mentions Greenwood. I like that option. Hamas Rodriguez, I like that option as well. But when it comes to my transfer section, I will talk about a possible minus four that is on my mind. Balding is an awkward topic for men, yet a lot of us start losing our hair before we hit 40. And the best way to take control of hair loss is to do something about it while you still have some. Hims was created to make it easy for guys to seek care especially guys who avoid seeing the doctor in person for awkward health conversations. Not everyone wants to have personal conversations face-to-face with a stranger in a white coat. So Hims connects you to real doctors online, which could save you hours. It's completely confidential and discreet. You'll get a proper consultation, and they'll give you sound advice on what you can do to help your hair before it's too late. It couldn't be easier to book your free consultation. Just go to forhims.co.uk forward slash athletic. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot forward slash athletic. 
Game Week 2 captaincy now. I put a poll on Twitter this morning. Uh, I put three options. I put Aubameyang, Bruno Fernandes and Salah. And the fourth option was Other. It got almost 10,000 votes. So this is a good sample size for captaincy for Game Week 2. Aubameyang, the runaway leader, 70% of the vote. Huge. Bruno Fernandes, 14%. Salah, 11%. And Other got around 4.5%. So Aubameyang is the captaincy leader this week by quite a long distance. That is going by FPL Twitter. Anyway, who are the other options? I think if you're going to get Kevin De Bruyne, or if you already have him, he's always an option. He plays Wolves away, which is a tricky fixture. I don't think I would do that personally myself. But we've seen last season, KDB can get massive points against anyone. Everton have a good fixture at home to West Brom. If you have Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin, James Rodriguez, and you're feeling very punty, this early in the season, be my guest and go for it. But personally, again, I would stick to I would stick to Aubameyang or Bruno Fernandes this week. Vardy is at home to Burnley, coming off his brace. You know that could be could be goals there for Vardy as well. But yeah, like I said, I wouldn't overthink it. Aubameyang scored game week one. He's at home to a pretty poor West Ham team in game week two, so he's going to get my armband. I think if you own Bruno Fernandes, he's a very good option against Crystal Palace as well. Salah against Chelsea, I do tend to swear of those big games for captaincy. So yeah, for me, I think it's Aubameyang or Bruno Fernandes this week. What am I going to do with my transfer? Am I going to do anything or am I going to go crazy and take a minus four already? So my initial plan before the season started, I was going to go Salah to Bruno Bruno captain this week. But now that I'm, I'm pretty set on Aubameyang captain, I feel less inclined to go for Bruno because I wouldn't captain him. And Salah, I just... I'm a bit scared to sell him, to be honest. It's it's not really fear. It's more that I think now he could be a player that might be worth just keeping all season. And, and you've always got that captaincy option there. So I think I'm going to scrap that plan. The other option is to bank a transfer, which I always try and do in game week two, if possible. But I've got a couple of issues. You know, I've got Pulisic. I've got a Pulisic headache now. And I think I may, I may address it. You know, even if he's fit for Liverpool, it's a tough fixture. So I've got a couple of options. I could just do one free transfer, Pulisic out. I've got no cash in the bank, so I've got 8.5 million to spend. I could get James Rodriguez, who plays great fixture against West Brom, and I really like Everton from what I've seen in game week one. I could go for Greenwood. You know, instead of Bruno, I could go for Greenwood, but I do have slight worries over everything that happened with England. Don't think he's been training with the team as much, you know, as some of the other players. So slight concerns over his starting place, maybe for that game week two fixture. So that slightly puts me off Greenwood. The other option is uh, is to is to be a bit more aggressive, which doesn't really goes against my style really. But go for a minus four, an early minus four to to fix fix the Pulisic issue. So what I could do is I could go Pulisic to Bruno Fernandez. But I would need to free up two million to do so, and it would be a minus four. So there's two options. I think I could get rid of Vardy for Calvert Lewin, Richarlison, or Callum Wilson, or I could get rid of Robertson and go for a, a Saiz or a Shaw or even a four point five million defender. Now I already said I don't really want to sell Robertson or Trent, so I think I should stick to those two. Saiz plays Man City, so it's not a good week to get him. Shaw. Is he going to start every week? We don't know. Williams could get the odd game and fitness is always a bit of an issue there with Shaw. And do I want to drop down to another 4.5 million defender when I've already got three of them? Do I want four of them plus Trent? I'm not sure. 
So I think that has me leaning towards if I did go the minus four route, I would take out Vardy, take his points and run. Get Calvert-Lewin, I would say, most likely. Because I think I'd rather spend in one million less than Richardson. And Callum Wilson, as much as I like him as an option this season, there's a couple of tricky fixtures coming up there for Newcastle. So that's the minus four option. Pulisic to Bruno Fernandes and Vardy to Calvert-Lewin. So, again, I'll, I'll wait and see for updates on Pulisic's fitness towards the end of the week as well. But even if Frank comes out and says he's okay, I might still get rid of him. So, we'll see what happens towards the end of the week. It's early days. Thanks for taking the time to listen, folks. I hope you found it useful. If you did, please give it a share on Twitter and leave a review wherever you're listening. If you want to hear more podcasts from me before the Game Week 2 deadline, check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash FPL general. Have a good week and good luck for Game Week 2. I'll be back next Tuesday to preview Game Week 3. Music.